Jesus, in this space. May you be glorified in our hearts. May you be glorified in this church. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Genesis 18 verses 1 to 15 says, The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre. While he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day, Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried to the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three shears of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife, sir? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah, already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is there, is anything too hard for the Lord? I'll return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. So Sarah was afraid. So she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did. This is the word of the Lord. May you have a seat. And continuing our sermon series called Construction Zone. And in this sermon series, we are just uh, inviting each other to pay attention to a God who shows up in the chaos. Because God loves to show up in the chaos. We see this even from the beginning. Uh, when God was creating the world, uh, we see that the Bible says that the earth was formless and the Spirit of God went and was hovering above the waters and something beautiful came out of that. That tells us that God jumped into the chaos and created something beautiful. So wherever you are in your life, uh, however chaotic it might feel or it might be, God is actually committed to showing up in your life, to showing up in the chaos. And today, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, um, God shows up in the chaos of doubt. God shows up in the chaos of doubt. A couple of years ago, I, I took a trip to my home village. My home village is in Mzimba, uh, and we get to Mzimba. Then we drive another two hours on the dirt road to my home village. We border with Zambia, so there's a house uh, in, that we've got in our family that the bedroom is in Zambia, and the sitting room is in Malawi. It's like crazy. So we joke, Malawi, Zambia, Malawi, you know? Um, so yeah, so I took a trip, and you know what I thought, like, I need to save up on fuel, so I drive a smoker, uh, and I said, I'm going to take it. 
and I own a, a Toyota Vitz. We call it Vitzi. So uh, we took Vitzi, myself and my two siblings. We went to my home village. It was crazy, but we made it, praise God. Uh, it was lovely. And then we stayed there. We did whatever we wanted to do. Then the next day, we said, okay, we're going to leave, but we have to leave super early in the morning. We are targeting to be here by like 12 uh, noon. And as we are planning about our trip, somebody else says, hey, have you guys tried this other way? I think it's a bit shorter. And we're like, what? There's another way? He's like, yeah. A car can park. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, you'll be all right. I'm like, do cars pass by? He's like, oh, of course. It's fine. You're good. I'm like, okay, fine. So we started super early in the morning, going 20 kilometers in, everything is perfect. I'm like, yeah, thank you uh, for allowing us to pass through this way. And then uh, I saw a bit of sand in front of me coming. I'm like, oh, is that sand? Yes, it, it is sand. So uh, I know the trick. I know how to drive in sand. Even with a small car, you just go fast and you'll be all right. So I go for it. And you know, I'm going. And I thought it was just a little bit of sand. But like a meter, two meters, three meters in, I'm like, wow, is this ending or what? Um, and then I saw Vitsi struggling, you know, and I'm pushing it, and it's struggling, and I'm pushing it uh, to a point that I, I heard a sound, pop, and uh, it was my clutch gone, and I couldn't move. I couldn't go anywhere. Uh, there's like a whole story to that. I'm not going to bother you with all the details or how it ends, but I'm here, so I'm good. Um, but I guess remember, we get stuck. You know what time this was? 3 a.m. in the morning, in the midst of like nowhere. Uh, you know, we're out there and we're just like, we don't know what we're going to do right now, you know? Have you ever felt stuck, you know, in your own life? Have you ever that feeling of like, there's no movement? And I don't even know how I'm going to move out of this situation. I just feel stuck right here. You know, and you can find yourself in a situation that you feel stuck, and probably that, you know, can move you towards doubt. That you doubt if things will look any better. You doubt if anything else is going to actually work here. And maybe some of us, we're actually in a situation where it's not just like doubt creeping in, but probably we're actually sitting right in the middle of doubt. So you doubt if you ever get this, the education that you need. You doubt if you're ever going to get enough to feed your family comfortably. Maybe you're struggling uh, and you've been in this sin struggle for a while and, and you don't know if change will ever come because you don't just see a way out of this. You're just stuck in this unhealthy habit and doubt begins to come in. And Sarah was actually stuck in this unfruitfulness and, and she thought, this situation will never, ever change for her to the point that even when God showed up um, and said, hey, by the way, next year you're going to have a son, uh, she doubted that and actually laughed in doubt. And when I'm talking about doubt, I'm just talking about that lack of conviction that God would do anything good, that lack of assurance that God would do something for you. I mean, the passage we have read in Genesis 18, Abraham is sitting under a tree. He sees three men and who seem to have been walking for a long time, probably on a long journey. So he invites them in. He offers hospitality to them. They come. And later on, we learn that this was God, you know, uh, represented by these three people, no more human beings. Uh, so he invites them 
uh, he offers them food and they eat. And after eating, they began saying some beautiful things. And they say, where is Sarah? And he said, oh, she's just out, out in the tent. And he said, actually, by, by this time next year, I'm going to visit you. And guess what? Sarah will have a son. And the Bible says, Sarah overheard them talking and she laughed. She laughed. Now, this is not a laugh of like, ha ha, praise God. No, this is actually a sarcastic laughter, you know? Oh, by, by this time next year, I'm going to give you a son. Yeah, right? Yeah, right? But God says I would do it, you know? And looking into this story, I wanted to just highlight certain situations or scenarios that we are more prone to doubt, uh, to doubt God's promises, you know, for us. And, and maybe if you're struggling with some sort of doubt in your life, probably you could use this as a gauge of where your doubt might be coming from. And then I also want us to embrace God's truth that, uh, you know, counteract those uh, doubts. Number one, we are prone to doubt when God's promises does not reflect what's happening in our current situation. We are prone to doubt when God's promises does not reflect to what's happening in our current situation. When you see that your experience contradicts God's promises and you begin to doubt, you begin to wonder, really, is God going to do anything else good out of this? And I think for most of us, our doubt does not really come from a place where we don't know that God is good. I think we know that God is good, but somehow we doubt that he'll ever be good to us. Like we know that God loves me, but somehow you doubt. I don't know if he really loves me. I have seen God being kind to other people but I'm just not just seeing his kindness in my own life. This is what Sarah is going through. You know, she has seen God do amazing things for other people, but she's like, I don't know if God would do this for me because her experience with what God is saying, parallel lines, they're not matching. Nothing is really going according to what God is saying. And probably some of you can relate to that, that you know that God is good, but you're just not experiencing God's goodness for you in this season. That you know that God loves you, but somehow you're not really experiencing God's love for you. You know that God is just, but somehow you're not really experiencing God's justice in your life. You know that God is closer, but actually for you, you're just in this dry season where you're not really seeing or feeling as though God is closer to you. And you can't be in that situation, but I want you to embrace this truth. The truth I want you to embrace is that God's promises go beyond your experience of what you know he can do for you. And it go beyond your experiences. In other words, your experiences cannot determine how God will work in your life. And they cannot. Because God's promises go beyond your experiences and your expectations. Sarah says, my current reality does not reflect what you're saying, does not correspond to what you're saying. This promise does not reflect what's happening in my current situation. I know I've been promised to be a father. I've been promised to be a mother of many nations. But I just feel like that time is gone because I'm not seeing it happening in my life. 
And often you and I make judgments of our future based on what we have experienced or on what we are experiencing currently. And the reason why we do that is because we wanna, we wanna have something tangible, something that's tangible for us. So you say, I have gone through this, I'm going through this, and more likely in my future, we will look like this. But God says, no, 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 that's not how it works with me. You know, when I am with you, what I will do for you will exceed your experiences and your expectations and it would not look anything close to what you have experienced in your life. Because God's promises are bigger than not even your past can determine how they will look like in your life. God's promises are so big and so awesome that not even your current situation can determine how they will look like in your life. God's promises are sure that even though you might be experiencing something different in this season of your life, but there is no circumstance that will influence God to act differently. God will still show up in your life. So may your faith not be in your circumstances, but in a God who can even change your circumstances. May your faith be in a God who remains the same and never changes no matter what's going on in your life. No matter what's going on in your life. Number two, we are prone to doubt God when we don't feel well positioned to receive from God. We are prone to doubt God when we don't feel well positioned to receive from God. Sarah laughs in doubt. And another reason why she laughs is because she sees her status and she sees her positioning and she says, I don't know if this can actually work. I don't think this can actually happen for me because my status right now is that I'm above and beyond the years of childbearing. My status right now is that people who are over 90 years don't have kids. So you know what? This miracle lacks some ingredient to happen, you know? Sarah looks at God's promise and feels like, I don't think there is actually a better setup in this. You know, I'm not well set up for me to actually receive this miracle from God. I'm not energetic enough. I'm not young enough. The environment that is around me actually does not look good. It doesn't look good. And you could find yourself in that situation where you feel like you're not well set up, you're not well positioned for God to work in your life. I don't think I can be successful because I don't have the education that other people have. So God cannot really show up. I don't think I can provide for them because I don't have a nice job. There's nobody supporting me, my family. I don't really think God is going to do anything good with this setup. I don't have a nice setup for God to show up. I don't have enough money. I don't think God will show up here. I don't know how to, you know, uh, to speak or to preach. I don't know how to share the gospel in a way that will wow somebody to come to the Lord. I don't think I can do this. God cannot use this to the glory of his name. I don't have a spouse. I'm not well set up for God's miracle to happen. I'm a single mom, I'm a single dad. I'm not well set up for God's grace to show up and for God to do anything good with this situation because my setup isn't just looking good. 
But here's the truth that I want you to embrace. God's promises do not need a conducive environment to come to fruition. God's promises do not need a conducive environment to come to, fr to fruition. Because God will do what God says he will do. And we do not even need to create a nice setup for him to show up in our life. So whether we feel like we are well set up for us to receive from God or not, there is nothing that is going to stop him from showing up in our lives. Whether you think you are well positioned or not to receive from God, there's nothing that will stop God from showing up in your life because God will fulfill his promises. He will fulfill his promises and there's nothing that will stop him from working. Not even lack, not even need. There's nothing that will show up that will hit him from showing up in your life. So we don't need, sometimes we feel like we need to do God a favor where we need to set ourselves so well that we can receive from him. But he says, no, I'm the one who fulfills my promises. I'll handle it. I'll do it. I'll do it for you. So God says to Sarah, even though you don't feel like you're well set up for this, but guess what? I'll still show up next day. And you're going to have a son. I don't need your help for me to show up. I'll show up in your life. Number three, we are prone to doubt God when we don't feel well prepared to receive from God. We don't feel well prepared to receive from God. You know, Sarah looks at her situation and she laughs. You know, and, and the reason why she laughs is she thinks, I'm too old for this. I'm not actually well prepared for this. In fact, maybe God, you haven't gotten the memo. I'm actually in my ninth. I'm in, in, you know, in my nineties now, like the ninth floor. That's where I'm at. I don't think if my body is even prepared for this. I don't think even if I want to, but my I don't think my body is actually ready to receive this. But God's promises do not work better in your life because you feel well prepared for them to work in your life. God's promises go beyond your ability to be ready. And most of us think that, hey, because I'm not prepared, then maybe God is also not prepared. Just because you feel unprepared doesn't mean that God is not prepared. God is always prepared to show up in our lives. He's ready to show up in our lives. And I can think of other names in Scripture who felt unprepared as they were being called by God. Jeremiah, God calls him. And he says, I'm too young for this. I'm not prepared. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. And God says, don't worry. I'll be with you. You know, Moses, God calls him to go on this mission, to go on a journey with God. He says, no, I'm not ready. I cannot speak right. Moses, God says, don't worry. I am with you. I know you don't feel ready right now, but you don't need to get ready first for God to work with you. I'll make you ready as we go. It's all dependent on me. It's all dependent on me. So Jesus comes in, just kind of like that hard and sick game when I play with my kids. After counting, he say, ready or not, here I come, right? The God shows up, ready or not. He comes through and he shows up. And lastly, we are prone to doubt God when we think his timing is off. We are prone to doubting God when we think his timing is off. You know, Sarah listens to this and she's like, 
I don't know if you realize, but I think you're too late right now. You know, would have been best if you had showed up 60 years ago. Or maybe what, what if we had put it like 65 years ago? That could have been great if you had shown up then, God. But you're showing up now. You're not even running on African time. You're running on some other time right now. You're so late. You know, like, where are you, God? What's going on? And God says, don't worry. I'll sort it out. I'll handle it. And it could be for some of us sitting in this space right now. Maybe you've been praying for something for a while now. And it's just not happening. You feel like God's timing is off. He's not on time. You've been trusting that God will bring healing for your mother, for your dad, for your cousin, for your brother, for your sister, for your son, for your daughter. You've been praying for a while now. You feel like God's timing is off. You wish that happened a month ago or a year ago, but it's not happening. God's timing feels like it's off. You've been praying for God to help you provide, but it's just taking time, and it's not happening in your life, and you feel like his timing is off. But God says to you, don't worry. I'm good. I'll sort it out. Because God's promises are not bound by your timing, but by God himself. One thing we know about God is that he is never limited by time because our God is unlimited. He's never bound by time. Our God is unlimited. He lives beyond time. He's not determined by the time, our time. As we we hear in Peter that a day is like a thousand years to God and a thousand years like a day to our God. So he's not bound by our time. So you might feel like your positioning is off, you are unprepared, his timing is off. You might feel like, I don't know, my experience looks different at the moment to what he promises me to experience. And really I've been thinking about what's what's at the core of our doubts. Whenever you find yourself doubting God, Um, whether you you find yourself doubting him to do something in one area of your life. Or maybe you go beyond that and you begin to doubt God himself. At the core of our doubts, there's actually a need for control. At the core of our doubts, there's a need for control. And there's actually a need for a God we can control. That's what we are looking for. We are looking for a God whom we can control. A God we can say, hey, I wanted to show up in that part of my life, and this is the way I wanted to show up, and this is the time I wanted to show up. And when God is not doing that, we get frustrated, and we begin to doubt. So we want to create a God who's created in our image. We want a God who can come and show up in a way that's comfortable and convenient for us. So at the core of your doubt, there's actually just this need of control. You're looking for a God you can control. But praise God, we cannot control him. Praise God, we cannot create him in our image. Praise God that he is God. Praise God that he is the Lord. Because one thing that we know about God 
is that he will not give us the things that we think we need, but he will give us what he knows we need. And that's good for us. Because God sees better than we do. He knows better than we do. He loves better than we do. And I propose just a couple practical steps that you can take for you to apply this. Number one, hold your dad with an open hand, but hold God's promises tightly. What I'm proposing to you is doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. Don't hold your doubts as truth. And when God challenges those doubts, feel free to trust him and do it quickly. Feel free to embrace his promises and do that quickly. Don't love your doubts more than you love God. Actually, that's, that, that's unbelief. Unbelief is to love my doubt more than I love truth, more than I love Jesus, more than I love God. So I'm not saying that you cannot struggle with a doubt. You can. But don't hold them tightly. Hold them loosely. Open your hand to God and come to God. But hold God's promises tightly because God will always fulfill his promises. And he always does. Number two, be honest about your doubts as you're being open to God's love for you. So be open and be honest. You know, where you feel like, I don't know, I've been struggling with this doubt. Be open about it. And this is actually why community is needed. One of the reasons why we have community is that we can wrestle with some things that we struggle with, including your doubts. You can bring them to a community of believers and wrestle with these doubts. So be open. Don't handle them in silence or by yourself. Be open about this. Bring your questions. And be open about them. But at the same time, don't just stop there. Be ready to experience and to receive God's love for you. Be open to receiving God's love for you. Number three, trust in God's ability. Trust in God's ability. Doubt, uh, we begin to doubt when we start to remove our focus from God and put it on ourselves. And Sarah did this. She looked at herself and she saw the things that she cannot do. And began doubting God. She saw her inabilities and began doubting God. She saw the things that she cannot fulfill and began doubting God. But God is not limited by your limitations. God is not limited by your inabilities. He goes beyond them. God's promises go beyond your abilities. And he's never limited by what you can do or cannot do. So trust in God's ability, because God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or even ever imagine. Amen. And lastly, stay in God's presence. Stay in God's presence. Even in your doubts, stay in God's presence. One thing that's very clear about this passage is that even though Sarah laughs in doubt, God never says, What? Really? Are we going to laugh about this? Do you think I'm a comedian? That's it. It's not happening. He never does that. God still fulfills his promise. What that tells us is that God will never run away from doubters. In fact, he runs after them. 
One thing that we see in this passage is that even in the face of doubt, God's promises will, comes out victorious and still shows up in Sarah's life. That not even a doubt can stop God from working, and he does his work even in the face of doubt. So remain in God's presence. And when you remain in God's presence, you realize this truth that even though you might doubt God, but God loves you without a doubt. That even though you might, lo- you might doubt his ability, but God loves you without a doubt. And you find that in his presence, not outside his presence. Not outside it, but in his presence. So stay in God's presence. Wrestle with God. Stay in his presence. Because then you'll be affirmed of his love for you. Now, you and I have the privilege of knowing how this story ends. This story ends well. This story ends well. We see that God gives her Isaac. And when you follow through that lineage, you find that Isaac uh, eventually, the children of Israel come from that line, and then eventually Jesus comes from that line. So it ends in a very powerful way. But what's striking is that God's promise is fulfilled here, but it's not just fulfilled just for Sarah and Abraham. God's promise is fulfilled to the point that it's going to touch many nations, including you and I. And I think we need to have this broader view of God's promises in our lives, that they are not just for us. You know, that God will do and show up in our lives, not just for us, but he's going to show up to touch many lives, to touch our neighbors, to touch our communities, to touch our city, to touch this nation to the glory of his name. So maybe we need to start wrestling with where does God want to show up and how does he want to use this to build his kingdom, even with those around me, even with my neighbors. God wants to show up. And I just mentioned this. This can be a trigger story for those that have been praying for children and they have not been granted. I just want to tell you that I see you and love you. This could be also a trigger story for those that lost a son or a child. I want to tell you that I see you and I love you. And in our struggles, God sits with us and he stands closer. Amen? Just take a moment and close your eyes. You could be here and maybe for you, you have not really been taking a step towards Jesus. And you are so doubtful, even of this Christian thing. You're like, I don't know about this. I don't know about Jesus. I don't know about God. And maybe a little bit you're feeling like maybe God might be calling me today to make a decision to follow Jesus in my life. If you're here, I want to open up this opportunity for you. That this is the day that God brings good news for you. That God loves you without a doubt even when you have doubted him. 
Or maybe in your doubts, you have run away from God. I want to tell you that God loves you. And he's been chasing after you since day one. He is for you and not against you. So I want to take a moment to just offer a prayer to God if you're willing. A prayer of repentance and to receive from God. I want you to just pray after me. Just say, Jesus, I come to you. Forgive me of my sin. Have mercy on me. Jesus, I thank you for you are the promise that I've been looking for. Holy Spirit, help me to follow Jesus. Help me to love Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for you are good. Now, for everybody else, just take a moment to just bring your doubts to God or whatever you're trusting God to show up in your life. You can just say, God, show up to the glory of your name. God, I pray for your people. You know what their struggles are. You know what they're going through. But in all of this, God, that they'll never lose sight of who they are in Jesus. They'll never lose sight of God's love for them. I thank you, Lord, for your power and love. I pray, Jesus, that may you show up in ways that every single one of us will say, this can only be God and not us. For that's how you love to show up. So I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. May we stand as we worship God.